we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Broadcast Nation, welcome back. We got a great episode with Asha Frost. I got to tell you, this this one was extremely moving. We talk about ways of healing um, thyself, like looking at creative ways to not only bank on conventional methods of, of healing, but also looking at spirituality, looking at our mental health or like the mind body connection to, to create healing it is a tremendous, we go into some of the indigenous ways that could improve our overall health. We go through a guided journey, which, as you'll hear, was extremely moving from my perspective. I was a little verklempt after that one. And then we talk about we talk about racism. Like we talk about our own experiences within healthcare. She tells her story about being treated like like an animal within a, within emerge her own experience not that long ago, which I think a lot of people need to hear. And it's it's tough to hear, but. It's just another reinforcing message that we got work to do. So looking forward to you guys hearing that. Before I forget, please check out our new Substack, quadcast.substack.com. We have all our jam on there. We put all our jam on there, our newsletter, our previous episodes. We're all in on Substack. Video video messages which are are. are our community chat. You could chat. We have a chat community on there too. So please check it out. You guys are going to love it. It, It's a a better way of us staying connected. So without further ado, check it. Asha Frost. Wildcast Nation, man, this is a real privilege today, folks. It's a real privilege today because we got Asha Frost, who honestly, I just met in November. We were both at impact live amazing event uh, put on by Megan Walker. But your keynote 
everybody was talking about this bad boy. And I got to connect with you backstage, show me your book, all the magical things that you're doing. I was like, she's got to come on the show, folks. Ash has got to come on the show. So welcome to the Quadcast. Thank you. That's quite the introduction. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. So Lisa, I could do after all the magical stuff you're doing, Asha. Seriously, this is uh, this is a really exciting show for me. So maybe to give context to why you're doing all these workshops, the book, the, the essays, I think a lot of it comes from the, your personal experience. So maybe just tell us a little bit about how you've gotten here. Sure. So I'd say my healing journey started when I was 17. I was diagnosed with lupus. And at that time, doctors didn't really know a lot about lupus. And the antibodies that were positive in my blood work really were like quite serious. So they were saying, you're going to have to go to medication for the rest of your life. You might not have children. Um, You might not live a long life. And of course, as a 17 year old, I was really scared. And at that time, I lived in a really, I'd say, non-diverse town. So there weren't a lot of Indigenous people. And because my grandparents had been in residential school, I had been colonized away from our medicine ways or away from our ways of healing and knowing and being. So of course I thought, oh, I'll try the medication. So I did. And I got so many side effects from the prednisone and the antimalarial drugs. And so I knew there had to be a different way. So I went to university and at that time, um, I got really sick because of the stress of university and somebody said, why don't you go see a naturopath? And that sort of opened up everything for me. I saw a naturopath at about 21. And then I thought, oh my goodness, there's a remembering in my cells and my blood and my bones calling me back to these ancestral ways of knowing and the earth. And um, I had to uncover that. And that was like the beginning of my journey, just going on this It's always just been, how can I heal myself? And then, of course, as I heal myself, I share that with the world. So that was the beginning. Wow. Wow. So really, you know, unfortunately, having a relatively serious diagnosis at a very, you know, tender age of 17, going through the conventional treatments, were you finding you were getting better when you were taking the conventional meds? Not really. I'd say, um, no, it may be so much sicker. I just, I've had new symptoms that I wasn't experiencing with the lupus symptoms. So it wasn't making me better. And I thought, well, this doesn't feel like, and maybe if I had tried it longer, it would have, but it just didn't feel like a really good exchange of I'm taking these and I'm feeling worse in my body. Mm. So it wasn't helpful at the time. I have subsequently taken little small doses at times that have been helpful, definitely. Mm. Mm-hmm. But at that time it wasn't helpful. And, and and so you walk through this this journey and real really having an incentive to heal thyself, like really looking at ways to to heal thyself and going through natural paths and so forth. So what what came of it? Like what what was it mostly, you know, non-conventional medications? Was it meditation? Was it nutrition? Like what what changed for you and was it effective? Yes. So I saw a naturopath who was amazing at homeopathy and she prescribed a remedy and it was all so new to me. And I thought this is kind of neat. And she's like, this is going to match your physical symptoms, but also your sort of personality, your essence, your emotional body. It really looked at the whole being and it made sense to a part of me. And I remember taking that 
that remedy and my hair was falling out at the time really badly and that got better. And I remember my joints were really achy and that got better. So I got really interested and lit up by homeopathy and it actually inspired me to go to school for homeopathic medicine because it helped me so much in my own journey that I thought, oh, I want to offer this to others. Wow. So then, so you, basically you, you, you wanted to help create that magic for other people. You saw how the homeopathy improved your quality of life mm-hmm. and improved your symptoms and wanted to create that, that loveliness for the greater, for the greater masses. And, and so how has that journey been? Like when it came to, 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 to getting people healthier, how's that been for you? I loved having a private practice. Um, I loved sitting with people. You know, I loved holding space for their highest vision of who they were. Everybody, I feel like we are sort of conditioned to feel like there's always something wrong with us. You know, the the messages are always coming at us that there's something wrong with us. And I believe that my private practice held space for the truth that you have this vital force, you are divine. How can we just remind your body? How can we remind your spirit? So my practice ended up turning into like a homeopathic practice. But then of course I started to weave in indigenous ways of being and knowing and um, indigenous healing, because that's who I am at the mm-hmm. core. Um, and that's what I was discovering about myself. So it was a combination of spiritual healing and then the homeopathic medicine. And I think that's what really attracted me to what you were, what you were throwing down was this, the, the spiritual component, like adding that indigenous side, like who you are to a healing practice and delivering it to, to patients. Cause I must say, I would, I being as ignorant as possible, I would have no idea what that would look like. I have no idea not only what what it would look like and just the the impact it can have. So walk us through you know the potential and like what what the treatment would look like, what the outcomes could be. Um, I mean, I don't know if you need to think of a specific case, but just just give us a sense of where the the potential from your practice. Mm-hmm. Well, I tended to attract a lot of people who had um, anxiety or depression. That was like a lot of mental health that tended to come through my practice. So people would want to get off meds like anxiety meds or depression meds. And we would just do that with their doctor. They would be tapering. And then this homeopathy would support sort of their tapering off and bring them back to sort of that truth that they do have something within them that can help them balance themselves and come back to that, that healing. So I saw a lot of, a lot of folks with that. And I saw a lot of folks with autoimmune conditions because that's what I lived. So I tended to know a lot about that. And I'd say that people's arthritis got better. um, Their fatigue got better. They, their movement was, was better. They just had a better, more ease and grace in their lives. And I think on the spirit level, they felt more connected to who they were. And for some reason that just trickled down to their physical body. So they would feel more connected to themselves through, we would do like, um, like guided journeys or meditations, or I would do hands-on healing and they would come home to that truth that they have power, they have presence, they have medicine. And for some reason that, that like switching on that light bulb really helped people. That's amazing. Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about it on the show, that whole uh, mind body connection, like how, you know, it's all tied, like your how you feel, uh, how you're doing upstairs affects your body, like your ability to, to, to heal, to get better. And, uh, that that's, I'm just really interested to hear, like, you know, like what it's, 
What's it like to walk through? I think you termed it a journey or a, 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 how did you phrase it again? Your walking journey. Yeah, uh, like, what, like you know, or guided meditation. Like, what does that what does that look like? Yeah. So, from an indigenous perspective, um, you know, we really we really believe in the power of dreaming and visioning and quiet because that's when you can hear spirit. So, getting somebody in that state of quietness when they're listening to their own connection to spirit was so powerful. So it may be animal spirits might come in to help with um, medicine that they want to offer, or it might be their ancestors or their grandmothers or their guides. So there was a lot of spirit support helping, helping people. And then some of the sort of techniques that were used were of a shamanic. Um, I've taken some, tr- like lots of trainings around like shamanic energy. So it's a lot of energy healing and energy work that would shift some of the blockages maybe for our vital force to flow through more effectively. Um, But it always came back to that person again, like sort of seeing and remembering, Oh my goodness, I can do this. Like I have um, sovereignty in my own being and body. And I have, I have power because I think sometimes in the medical system, we can sometimes feel like we don't and our power sort of, we kind of give it over to say, well, you have all the answers and that might be true. They might have answers, but we have answers too. Yeah, we have agency. Like we have a, an ability to contri- contribute to our own healing, right? Yes. And because I mean, like, like I said, this is not the typical approach to medicine. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've been practicing almost for twenty years, and you know, we don't often add a spiritual component and 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 so forth. And so, do you like how how the results been in? among uh, in your practice Asha like when you add these elements on top of everything else that they're receiving how do you feel the response has been well I I actually no longer practice privately anymore but I had a practice for 15 years and it was um, really busy so the (laughs) word of mouth was always really uh, really strong and I was I was sort of booked solid with a waiting list so I would say the results were really really amazing Mm. and people tended to leave my space just feeling hmm, feeling uplifted and feeling better. So I wish I could quantify that with like, you know, we had this many um, sort of, or like, you know, cures or whatever that is. But I think that's the difference between being healed and being cured. Like, I think we look for a cure, but we kind of forget about, well, what kind of healing leaps have we made and how much more satisfaction do we have in life and how much more peace do we have in our heart and how much more gratitude and joy is emanating from our system and ourselves. I think those things are maybe not measurable, but they are really important. Oh man. Absolutely. I I think, especially now, I feel like this is so valuable coming up, come post pandemic where people were from a spirituality perspective, from a mental health perspective, just beat down. And, you know, we're seeing, a resurgence, unfortunately, of so much ailments, which is obviously very complicated because of, you know, lack of access to care. People weren't getting their screenings uh, and so forth. But man, like this is something that I feel like could be so valuable to so many. And so I think one of the magical things that you're doing, Ash, is, is, is creating that at scale now. Like you're really trying to make this accessible to not just a patient in front of you, but to the world, I mean, to everyone. So how, how are you doing that right now? 
Yeah. So I closed my private practice maybe four years ago now. And at that time, I wanted to bring all these teachings online. And so I created like a global membership with indigenous teachings and healing. And I love doing that. So that really like scaled up the, the folks I was able to touch. Um, and then at that same time, I got a book deal by through Hay House. And that has really just expanded my um, my reach, I think, to, to all the people that I can touch with my words. And writing that book is just, it's so interesting because you write this book in this little cocoon. Well, as in the pandemic, my littlest was two and my, they were home and it was just like, it was kind of a disaster, but I put myself in this little cave and I wrote this book and um, I didn't realize, I didn't really think head like, oh, these words might actually touch people. Oh, these words might actually be shared by people. I just kind of thought I'm going to write this, put this out there. And now it's rippling out way bigger than I could have ever imagined. Mm. It's just, it's rippling out in so many ways. And that's the most important thing for me is that people remember who they are. They're touched by my words and it kind of ignites something within them. That was my intention for the book was that they could see that, that presence that they are, it's called, you are the medicine, that they are the medicine, they carry medicine and they can share that with other people too, because we need that message shared. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, I know you're, I mean, you obviously the book is out, you, you, you do public speaking engagements, but I saw also you're doing like workshops and, and amongst, amongst folks and walk us through that. Like, is it small workshops? Is it organizations? Is it, like who's, who are you seeing? Yeah. So for the longest time, when I was in my private practice, I did healing circles. That was a way that my medicine was shared. Um, and I would, I was doing a lot of those, probably hundreds and hundreds of healing circles. Um, and then when my book came out just actually last year, it was, it came out last March, um, folks began to ask me to come and speak to sort of bigger audiences. So it's lit me up. So, so huge. So yeah, it's, um, some like health conferences, um, people really need healing right now. So people are asking me to come and do like opening ceremonies as an indigenous person, um, to offer some messages around like cyclical living, um, and it's really the vibe of healing. Everybody just seems to need it. So mm-hmm. I've been invited to do that. And it's something that I've always wanted to do in like a bigger scale. So it feels mm-hmm. so in alignment. I hope it continues because it's really something that lights me up. Um, but yeah, those workshops, you know, I do do smaller workshops during the pandemic online with such a, that's how we connected. So I was invited to a lot of people's programs to share um, and to offer that healing component to, to their work too. So I love being asked into spaces. And like, what's the, like, what are the principles that happen there? Like, is it just, like when, when we're doing a, uh, a healing practice or speaking to the masses, is it, is it a matter of, Hey folks, take more time to be with yourself and, and, or, or listen to this guided, uh, meditation? Like what, what's some of the take homes people leave with when they, when they hear Asher throw down? So many times I speak of the medicine wheel because our traditional medicine wheel speaks about the importance of the whole system. Mm. So I'll take us through like the, the way of living seasonally and cyclically and listening because we are earth and we, we have been, all of us have been colonized away from that, that truth that we are, we do live seasonally and we go through our highs and our lows and the world wants to tell us, no, you have to be hustling all the time. (laughs) And then we end up in burnout. So many of my messages are around because I've had to do it myself. How do I come home to the 
the medicine of rest? How do I come home to the medicine of listening? All of the things that the world pulls us out of. Um, my message tends to be around that. And I love working with animal spirit medicine. So the animal teachings, those are brought a lot into my, into my teachings. And then we always do a guided journey. And I have done this with thousands of thousands, thousands, thousands of people right now. And I can say that almost everyone that I've ever worked with has seen an animal spirit or has, they're able to see, sense, or know. So I do believe that I can hold a space somehow that can get people visioning and get people into that space where they're connecting to something greater than themselves. Wow. Wow. So how do, how do people get in more in tune with resting and, and listening? How do we get more in tune with our seasonal aspects of, of life? Mm, such a good question. I think it's really hard. Um, I think the first question to ask ourselves is um, about our relationship to the systems. So, you know, how has colonization impacted us? How has the patriarchy, how has capitalism, like just feeling the impacts of that collective energy and how we've marinated in it. It's just sort of an acknowledgement and validating, oh, right, we come by this honestly because we were born into it. And this is like the, the energy that's up all the time. Um, and there's a lot of unwinding. So I think, um, especially if you have ancestral wounding or generational trauma that is connected to a lot of the folks I work with do have that. So we have to dive deep into that healing and say, you know, our ancestors did this so we don't have to anymore. So we can take that like labor off of our back. Um, we're allowed to invite in rest and ease and abundance. And it's hard for folks of color, I think, to to really lean into that because our cells are telling us something different. So it's a, it's a lot of, again, like journeying, um, reflecting, um, going into our dream time. I think it's like simple of just like rest, actually going to bed earlier to say, oh, my dream time is here. It's going to offer me some medicine and some wisdom. Can I allow myself to have that? So it might be like sound kind of strange or, but to me, like going to bed early during this winter season is a way that I receive so much wisdom. I mean, it makes sense. Like it's, it's a time to hibernate, recharge and, uh, you know, and with the sun going down that much earlier, it just, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of things pointing towards being more restful during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, the other question, uh, I this might be a, a tough one putting you on the spot here, but what what's a guided journey like? I don't know if we could do one if that's too 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 difficult, but like I would, I would love to. I would, I would love, love to. to uh, yeah, I want I want to get in a sense. I think our our listeners would, would this is a good ch good chance to showcase Asha's skills. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. If we if you're interested, let's throw down. Definitely. Okay. So because we're talking about rest, um, we're going to set the intention for this journey to connect with an animal being. So, I, I, you know, we talk about spirit animals or animal spirits, and we want to do this in an appropriate way um, where we're appreciating this animal. So I'm just going to start by saying whatever comes forward to you to trust what you get, to trust if we've, we've not worked together before, um, your spirit knows. And then in a way after when the animal comes to honor it with deep gratitude because it's a really important practice and, and teaching. But we're going to start with closing our eyes. And if you're seated, you can just feel your feet on the ground. And we acknowledge the earth beneath us, the land beneath us. 
Just feel the land beneath you. When I ask you this, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm on the lands of the Anishinaabe, the Huron-Wendat and Haudenosaunee peoples. We are still here. Feel the spirit of the land and all that it's seen and experienced rising up through your feet, warming you, comforting you, grounding you. With every breath you take, today we ask for all of the beings that wish to support and guide and surround us to be present here. We call upon the sacred door and opening to the spirit world. This door is shining with golden light and around the light, there's this rainbow light. We feel this rainbow light sparkling and shining so bright. And as you walk towards it today, it flushes and washes upon you. Washing over you and you begin to feel sparkles of reds and purples and violets, greens and golds, pinks and turquoises in your own cells and tissues. For you are a prismatic being shining and sparkling here. And as you walk through, you see the land beneath your feet. Your feet are bare and you sink your feet into the soil, squishing your toes with every step. You continue walking, feeling yourself being led down this path. And in the distance, there is an ancient forest. The forest looks so inviting. The trees and the plants that are here are familiar to you in some way. And you walk yourself over to this forest. As you step in, you breathe in the medicines that are here. The medicines that are perfect for your body and your spirit today surround you with every step. You walk in deeper. The forest gets a bit darker, surrounding you with care, holding you with love. As you walk deeper, we set that intention that intention for an animal spirit that is helping us the most right now to appear in some way. As you walk closer, there's a clearing where the sun is peeking down through the trees. And as you walk closer, we ask for that animal to become clearer, more powerful, and to appear for us in some way Notice what you see. Listen to what you sense or feel. Who arrives for you? Trust. This animal gets closer to you and you ask them, why are you appearing for me right now? What are you here to remind me of that I have forgotten about myself? And you listen. And you ask this animal, what is the word that I need to carry with me in my heart? The word that will remind me of who I am this year. And you listen. This animal becomes really sparkly. And it wishes to align with your energy. You step into this light and you feel this rush of light source through your mind, body, and spirit. 
the medicine of this animal dropping in to your being. You feel that message in your heart that it wishes to offer you. And you feel yourself walking back out of that forest with that message from that animal, making your way all the way back to that path where you started, carrying that animal medicine with you, honoring it with gratitude and love, and moving it all the way back to the door, taking a breath here. The animal places a gift in your hands so that you may remember them, that you are walking with them. And you walk through that door and then you breathe yourself back into your space. Again, feeling your feet on the floor, feeling the lands beneath your body. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. Welcome back. Good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was uh that was quite an experience. What did you see, if anything? Like uh, it was some form of bird or a hawk or something like that. And the 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 message was like just like it was like love, just focus on love. Uh they passed me in terms of an object they gave me just some rocks to hold. Hmm. But yeah, love. Hmm. Bird, love, rocks. I don't know. That was uh Yeah, that was that was moving. Mm. Yeah, and you know those um, today. I mean, it, it always is different based on sort of the energy that I'm I'm sitting with. Um, but today, the animal really said, "Like, I want to come into your heart." So when you doubt your path or you forget who you are, just like place your hands there and just activate that energy there. I got a big moose. <laughs> I haven't had a moose in a, a long moose? time. I got a moose. <laughs> So that was, um, that was beautiful, but it was just really to remember that, like they are here for us to remind us to come home to ourselves and you can honor that hawk in some way or that big bird, you know, just, um, get your kids to make a little altar for it. <laughs> Something. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny as we were saying animal, I, I was thinking about like, I'm going to go to lion. Like that's been, I don't know why I've been thinking about lions lately a lot, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that's where I was going to go. But yeah, the image that, that came to me as you were speaking was was definitely like a, we'll call it a hawk. Like it was uh, a bird with substance. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And you know, for, for the listeners, I know everybody, the questions I get, what does it mean? Right. And there are different ways you can look up first. The first question I'd ask myself is what does it mean to you? Right. Like what does that animal, how does that animal move in the wild? 
What strengths do you think that animal has? How does it carry itself? All of those things are the medicines it's bringing you. And then of course you can look up on Google if you want to see like, what is hawk <laughs> animal spirit? Um, next year I'm doing an Oracle deck that will have all the animal cards in it. So then I can say, nice. you can look at my Oracle deck and see what they mean. Um, but right now there's a couple of books. Animal speak by Ted Andrews is really good too. Wow. I mean, I, I gotta say like, it must be pretty powerful doing this in a, in a group setting. Like I'm, 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 I'm curious to hear what people like the feedback that you get after having such a, an amazing guided journey. Yeah. Yeah. People always, um, it's something I know cause I've practiced so many times and done it so many times that it's, it's opening up some sort of portal to like some sort of different understanding and, people always come back touched. So that's, that's a common people yeah. say they feel touched or like part of their spirits moved. I, I, that's, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's how I'm feeling at this time. Touched. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something changed. Uh, so I, I thank you, Asha, for, for walk, uh, for allowing me to be part of that. That was, uh, it was something. Yeah, if you're hearing a little bit of me being a little off, it's it's because I am a little off after that was you know it draws emotion. It uh, you know the fact that you know it, it's a bit vulnerable too. Like yeah, you know why love, why the hawk, and um, but it's it's clearly something that was needed. And so yeah, I just once again thank you, Asha. Mm, you're welcome. Uh, I want to I want to ask you too. We we at one point. I can't remember if it was at the conf- at the conference or or another time, but you know we'd often talk about systemic racism and 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 the experience of being a person of color when it comes to being treated as a patient. And I, I wonder if some of this ties into your experience. And and I don't know if you've if you've had any any experience that made you really concerned about how systemic racism affects our people? Mm, Yes. I had one um, incident and it's so interesting because um, I doubted myself for so long. You know, I gaslit myself for so long thinking, Oh, that was nothing. Um, But then when I had the capacity to think about it, it was, it was definitely something my, my um, eldest was two at the time and I remember just, he wasn't a good sleeper. So I was just really overwhelmed and burnt out and I got a really bad pneumonia. And because I was caring for him, I kind of left it a little bit too long. But by the time I got to the hospital, I couldn't breathe at all. It was very serious. And I'd worn in the, in the wintertime, I always wear my mucklucks because that's, that's what I wear. And I think I probably had beaded earrings on when I went to the hospital and, um, they put me in kind of a corner, which I, I understand lots of people have had that experience. There's not room and all of the things, but I was there for a really long time considering I couldn't breathe and I was really, really struggling. And then when the doctor finally came in, in the middle of the night, he said to me, he looked at me and he said to me, he knew I couldn't breathe. And he said, how much alcohol have you had to drink? And do you have a home? And those were the th- first things he said to me. So he didn't ask me how I was doing or what I was struggling with. Um, and I think I was so shocked by that, that I just, I froze because I, I was like, yes, I have a home with my husband and my son. And 
I haven't drank any alcohol and, um, and I, and I sat with that probably for a good six months, not really knowing what that meant. Um, but then, you know, it sticks with you. So I started speaking about it because at that time, so that, I mean, that was quite a lot, was like 2014, but then, um, indigenous, I guess, I feel like we've been so invisible across Turtle Island and, um, that continues to happen. So it wasn't really until, um, the children were found from the residential schools that people really started talking about some of these issues. So I held on to it for quite a while. Um, before I really started writing about it and sharing about it. And of course, people are shocked and they're just like, how, like, how does this happen? And the the truth is it happens all the time, every single day. Um, and oftentimes I think indigenous people just feel like we just suck it up. Like, well, that's just part of who we are. And that's what everybody thinks we are all about. So we don't speak on it because it's, nobody's going to hear and listen to us. So yeah. like, wait, what you're describing, I'm sorry you experienced that. I've seen it firsthand. Okay, folks? Like, I've seen the shit firsthand, whether I was med student in in, in Edmonton, whether it was uh, being a trainee or staff person in in, in Ottawa. You, you name it, this, unfortunately, that attitude towards like racialized folks, but especially when I'm talking about with the indigenous population is a reality. You know, I, I talked many times the episode we did with Mike Curlew about Sioux Lookout, not that long ago, having segregated hospitals running out of medication, you know, like running out of sedative medications, antibiotics in our own country. And yes, we have been increasing the awareness, which is great in terms of these issues like George Floyd, the the residential schools, you, you, you're hearing a movement and you're seeing that, that push towards diversity, inclusion and equity and so on. But I'll tell you, there's, this is not enough. Like I'll just say it's, a, we're moving in the direction, the right direction, but it is not enough. The, these attitudes are deep seated. They're systemic. And from my perspective, Maybe I got a little bit of edge here, but it's like no more, no tolerance for this shit. I am just, I'm done. Like I, I've been in those experiences to Asher where you, you, you question, oh, maybe it's not really me. It's, or maybe it's just me. It's maybe it's just what I was wearing. And I'm like, now at this stage, fuck that. I'm sorry. No, it, it's enough is enough. I, I just, I, I hear these stories and I, I just, it just, breaks my heart like like just folks like this is one example picture yourself your relatively new mother just right like you're two years old you've been fighting off going into a hospital because you want to be there for your fam you can't breathe because you have a pneumonia and some cat comes in and asks you how much you drink and do you have a home what part of me is, is, is screaming that I, that I have a problem just by the way I look, you make these assumptions. How big are you are you feeling at that time? How vulnerable do you feel? You're putting your life in somebody's hands that is judging you out of the gate, folks. This is this is not right. And when and when I hear these, I hear the naysayers too, like who gives a shit about DEI and all that stuff. And maybe you know, there's 
there's often if I'm being honest, like there's ways to 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 approach it, and there's ways not to approach it. And I, I think people are trying, but this is why diversity matters. This is why it matters. This is why you need people at the table, at your boardroom, in your exec room, that look like us, so they could so they could address these needs. Uh, they could put awareness to these needs and not and and do all we can to prevent it from happening to some of our most vulnerable folks enough of abandoning these like our people these are like it's just i'm i'm just so sick of it i'm so tired of it and it and you know i so i know i'm making this about me a little bit i'm sorry but i just about a few months ago my my kid got my eldest kid got uh called the n-word at school and uh and that that was i i got to say it was very triggering for for me like i, I am like i look at my at the time 9 year old son and he's like a, no knowing now that his like his innocence to a certain degree has been taken away from him he knows now gets that sense that we many of us have had you and i have had that we're being judged by our parents he's now he now knows what that's all about and I just I don't want that for my kids. I don't I don't want that for my boys. I know it's a reality. I know I'm gonna have to go through talking to them about how they conduct themselves with police. I'm gonna have that conversation. But you and I shouldn't be need to have that conversation. When I don't know, like it's just it's just heartbreaking hearing. Like this not that long ago. How, how two well, your kid the kid was two. How how like He's how many ten years? now? So eight years ago, yeah. So eight years ago. But shit. Like enough. Anyways, so I, I just went off there unexpectedly, but it's just it's like I said, I get triggered by this shit. But like how did that how did that frame your practice? Did like do you feel like that uh changed the way you deliver care did you like how was that motivating in any way like what how's that shaped you well something i was really really present with was the fact that i i am a privileged indigenous woman you know and i have a ton of support family friends like i i I have a home you know like i i have a ton of and that that impacted me so deeply and i just think about um folks who don't have that type of support system to even go bring it to a therapist or to to even like, you know, it just keeps building up, building up, building up. So it really struck me in that way. And it really struck me that I need to be a voice for those who don't have a voice or a voice who don't, who who, those who don't have the capacity to speak up. And that's when I started speaking up on social media, it was just like, I can't not do this. So, um, and then I wrote this, it goes into why I got the book is I wrote this letter called dear white woman that wants to be like me. Because at the time I would just see a ton of white and it's, I, I know people hate this term white women, but it was white women. It wasn't black women. It wasn't um, South Asian women. It was white women taking our teachings and our beautiful things and then using them for their profit or using them for their advancement. And I would see all these white women rising in the spiritual, um, you know, these, these places on social media and in their online businesses. And I thought I've been having business for 20 years why is this happening? Like, why is this happening? What, like, why am I so invisible? 
Um, and, and it just hurt to have these things taken and no acknowledgement of where you're taking it from, of the history of our country, of Indigenous people. So when I wrote that letter, I wrote it in my blog and I thought, oh, maybe like 20 people will read it. But it went viral. And I think 25,000 people shared it. Um, and that was sort of like, but it, I think it was that hospital incident that just kind of led to this, like, speak up, let your voice be heard, even if it's scary, all those things. And then when that went out really wide, I was like, well, there's no turning back now. This is, this is the truth. And this is the truth about how our country doesn't see us. And I want to be a voice for those who cannot speak it. Man. And I just want to really commend you, Asha, for being that voice because um, it's not easy, and it's and it's you know there's there's you have to go to a difficult place anytime you speak up. You, when we speak to issues such as this, uh, go to your own experiences, and yeah, it's it's just uh, it's great to to have that courage and to have that, that will, and it's what we need. It's what, it's what we need. It's, you know, that's why we have a, a, a mentorship program for black, for our, our, our black youth that are aspiring to be physicians and, and then go into the medical field. And one of the things that I'm trying to re- instill in these guys is it's okay to be authentic. I want you to be you. I want you guys to be you, you know, for your mental health, for your, your, your overall wellness. You know, you, there are a lot of messages that being you is not safe, but I'll, I'll tell you, we're, we're, we're going to change that. We're going to change. You want to, you know, be your authentic selves walking through the door so that you could thrive. It's, uh, you know, it's one of these themes that it's kind of like it's similar to impact where, live the event it's like enough of just surviving our people i want y'all cats to thrive i want y'all to excel i want you to get a seat at the table and 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 realize that you could achieve your dreams like when i i, I give that example of walking into hospital and some uh young black kid was a patient and he saw me and he's like wow that's incredible there's a black doctor here i'm like what the heck at the time i thought it was awesome like, oh, I'm being a role model to folks. But at the same time, I was like, how, I'm, why am I a unicorn? Like, it shouldn't be, I shouldn't be special. There's no way I should be special. And so, like, a lot of, you know, racialized community members don't even think this is a reality. Us doing what we do, they don't think it's a reality. So, you know, putting ourselves out there, being an example, like, being a voice to say, like, enough is enough too important especially now and i say now because you know i realized how long i carried sort of so much like responsibility over responsibility and i know when the um the children were discovered i just said like if every canadian could take one piece of like what's on my shoulders you know if, if you could just like carry some of this with us and really be allies for our voices because yes we do this and it's important and we have to and we are so tired of, of always having to do this like I'd rather just go dance in my living room to be honest yeah. <laughs> and like having to just you know like I want to call in that grace ease joy abundance um, and speaking the truth doesn't always do that 
it's, I mean, I know I'm making huge changes for the next generations and I, and I feel so um, like, it's so impactful and also I'm tired. So mm-hmm. I would love to like invite folks to like, can you also just like, you know, spread some awareness and, and care. They just, just care. Be an ally. Yeah. Or even at some points, just don't be a dick. Right. You know what I mean? Like be, but more importantly, like be that ally. And yeah, I mean, or just, just sit with it. Like just sit with, like think of the, the kids in that school. Think of a kid who is alone, away from their fo- people, abused and dying alone. And not, how could you not have compassion? And, and like, we're all, most of us are, are, you know, our parents, like, think of your own child. Really sit with it. Think of your own child being away from you and being abused and neglected. This happened in our own country. These attitudes still persist that we could treat people like animals. And and you're st- and still to leave that and not have a lens of compassion or not want to be an ally, screw that, man. It's time. It's time. You know, with, and yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to oh, drop kick some of this racism stuff in the pelvis. Like I'm just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like I was always George. I mean, I've always been I'm a bit, uh, you know. We need to do better, but George Floyd, residential schools, seeing it in my own child, you know, for me, uh, yeah, we have no choice but to 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 speak up. We really don't. Oh my God, what a this is an emotional episode, Asha. <laughs> going from like love to. The anger to sadness and like I'm I'm exhausted, but this is that's a sign of an amazing interview. So I, I wholeheartedly want to thank you for all that you're doing, your courage, your voice, the ability to reach so many folks is is what we need, and and just being creative too. Like this is another thing. Like this is not. You're thinking about outside the box on how I could reach more and more folks. And so I really want to commend you. Can you give folks the best ways of, of, of connecting with your book? You are the medicine, your website. I also want them. We'll have a link to dear white women too. I think this is, yeah. this is good. Yeah. My, well, my website's ashafrost.com and I have my, if folks are open to looking at Oracle deck, cause I have my Oracle deck coming out on the end of February, it's called sacred medicine Oracle. And it is so beautifully illustrated and you get to choose like a medicine for your day every day. So I invite folks into that next part of my work and then follow me on Instagram, asha.frost. I'm there most often. Yeah. Your IG is fresh, is fresh <laughs> and growing. Listen, <laughs> Thank you so much for for joining us on the show today. You've truly moved. I know you moved me. I know you're going to move many of our listeners too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Quadcast Nation, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please check out all our content on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, at Quadcast. Check out our Substack. That's where we have everything housed now. I'm telling you. 
It's changing the boogie at, at quadcast.substack.com. Y'all gonna love this shit. Leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Leave that five star rating. You feel me? That's how we change the boogie. And everyone, give some love to your loved ones. Let's start healing together. Peace.